Welcome to AV Plus, the podcast from Commercial Integrator. I'm Adam Forziati, Senior Web Editor here at CI. When responding to RFPs, integration firms are typically bidding on systems that have no design yet. To bid for the work, integrators have to design and create a system just to formulate a quote. And if you win the job, the time creating and designing the system was well spent, but if a competitor does, that's valuable time that could have been spent elsewhere. But what if you could engage clients on the front end with consulting and design services to put them in a more accurate bidding situation while also managing their expectations for a systems budget? Today on AV Plus, my colleague Zach Como speaks with Travis Olding, owner of a two-person integration firm called DMI Technologies, who does things a little differently when it comes to bidding on AV projects. And since there's not much to report in AV News this week, we'll get to that conversation right now. So you're talking to me on Reddit a little bit about a bidding process. The bit, our bidding process actually is we try to partner with architectural firms, construction management companies, um, places that are already that already have clients instead of going direct to client. Um, we then get looped in under that architectural firm to sell our consulting services as a uh, integrator, designer, but also kind of an overall business consultant, and we put them in a position to bid on the designs that we build. Uh, but generally, because we develop a really good relationship with them, um, they become, uh, we build that trust relationship that they uh, they usually just want to go direct to us and they don't bid to market unless it's part of, the, you know, they're mandated if it's government work or if it's part of the company structure. So you said that um, um, instead of bidding on systems that don't have a design you, and having to create one yourself, you just put, you put quotes together. Uh, I'm sorry, and... You engage with clients in the front end with consulting design services. Uh, can you explain that? Like I said, we, we try to put ourselves under the banner of a larger company um, that's doing the selling. Um, let's say there's a dental office that's moving into or a consulting firm is moving into a new building. Uh, we take their architectural plans uh, before the construction phase and uh, basically engage with the high-level executives saying, what do you want to do with the space? How do you want it be, to be used and what's your budget? And then from there, we actually just design the systems in high detail right down to the schematics, do a big scope of work document write up, basically get them to endorse the design and say we're happy with exactly how it's going to function and how much it's going to cost and what it's going to look like. We then coordinate all that, like make sure all the colors are coordinated and um, work with their contractors to dictate electrical. Um, and then from there, we basically go to the order process and, and uh, time that out with the construction phase. All right. And, and how does that help, uh, you know, smaller companies like yours? Uh, it puts us in front of the client before they're in the buying position. So it, like I said, it creates that trust relationship with them mm-hmm. where we have their best interest in mind when we're the, doing the design. We basically are very open saying we do the design and the integration, but we can also just do design. If you don't want us because of conflict of interest bidding on this project, then we're happy to not even bid on it. We'll just sell you our design services. But we haven't had we haven't been in a position where they said no, we don't want you to bid. They just say no, we're really happy with your knowledge. We want to go right through to purchase with you. Now, how do you approach um, you know uh, project managers you know with that with that scenario you know with with the you know that do you want to you know get in front of the the customer you know before the bid? Yeah. So uh, what we do is we do a reduced design fee for the architectural partners that we're trying to partner up with and just say, hey, let us do this for your office or one of your clients at a reduced fee so you see how our service works. And then when you're really happy with the, you know, the function of the service, 
you can then sell us as a part of yours, basically subconsult. So that's gonna that gets our foot in the front door with them. Uh, generally, when we're in front of architectural firms, they're they're handling larger scale projects. So it's not just an interior designer coming in, moving some furniture, changing out carpet. Like these are full building overhauls. Um, some of the companies we're working with are actually large construction management companies, like Turner Construction. They're one of the largest in North America. Um, Bentall, we're doing a 34 story building for them in downtown Vancouver with a 35 by 15 foot LED screen in the uh, direct view LED in there. Be with a full amenity level on the 32nd floor with open patio party area, that, that sort of stuff. So it's it kind of gets us in the door to get a bit of a reputation to be working on these larger scale projects, even though we're right. dealing with a group of three people maybe on the client side. Right. How do you handle projects that are that big with a, such a small uh, company with just you and one other guy? Uh, so when it comes to the actual execution, the design phase is basically myself and my business partner. We run that whole part. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and I guess to the execution part, uh, I'll either fly in people from my partner's company um, or actually ha- I have a um, a friend here in town that owns a basically what I do, but for the high end residential side. So they are mm. a company for residential. They do extremely good work and I'll subcontract out. I've been writing a lot about how small businesses can, um, well, small integration firms, you know, are, you know, surviving through, uh, COVID. I know it's, it's a lot worse here than it is, uh, up there. What issues have you, uh, run into? Um, you know, how, how has, how has that affected your business and, you know, how are you surviving? Uh, well, definitely buyer slowdown, right? With a lot of businesses, mm. um, <clears throat> in the, in the, uh, you know, funnily enough, we don't really see much of a decline in the retail side. Um, we, we handle a lot of restaurants for the keg, um, and Earl's, uh, a couple national franchises and they're still going ahead with projects. Um, uh, and we're seeing pickup in the, uh, office design and, um, integration side because of them wanting to split up spaces and make them more usable. You know, bigger spaces are almost not as useful anymore for, at least for video conferencing. They're, a lot of them are taking large executive boardrooms that were originally 20 to 40 seats, turning them into smaller huddle spaces. Right. Um, but definitely seeing a uh, slowdown on spending from a lot of local businesses. Yeah, and for us, that's, you know, we thrive off a lot of the local business. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been hard on, on that side for sure. But um, I just wanted to loop back just while I'm thinking about it on the building that trust relationship with our clients um, I think what really solidifies that is during the design and consulting phase, we basically say there's no elephant in the room. We're here to talk about budget without negotiating on quotes. This is based just open discussion to say, here's how much it costs, plus or minus 15%. How do you feel on that number? Let's really whittle it down to what you want. So that's that's a really key part of us developing that. that right, right, right. Especially when, when it comes time to when they want to purchase from us, they know they've had that hard discussion with us before it was in the purchasing phase. Mm. So are those architectural firms that are, you know, that you're working with, are they, you know, uh, spreading the, the good word of your company through, you know, word of mouth or are they, are they calling you for, you know, to join them on this project or, you know, how does yeah. that work? Uh, so essentially like we, we do a lot of cold calling. Um, we try to get connected. You know, we, we both have our own connections. So my partner's making a lot of developing a lot of business out in BC. I'm developing it here. <coughs> you know, uh, but a lot of it comes down to cold calling these architectural firms. But once we get our foot in the door with them, basically they do the selling for us when they get a new project on. They just say, what do you have for AV needs? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
if the client has any, they say, okay, we're going to bring in Forte consultants. So at that point, we're just kind of trying to create exponential growth where we go to three or four firms and those firms bring in four or five clients each. Right, right. Is this, um, I'm not too familiar with this, this kind of, um, uh, you know, client engagement process. Is, is this very, very common in AV or, you know? No, uh, not from what we've seen. Um, there's a lot of companies out there that are doing AV design services, but they're usually supplementary to a bigger company like an electrical or architectural mm-hmm. company. And, you know, they're not really in the, in the nitty gritty. They don't know all the little details, you know, kind of we're, we're doing this cause we're nerds about it. We love what we do. So yeah. we know our products inside and out and we deploy them, right? Not only do we design them, but we also deploy them. So that gives us a lot of hands on knowledge of the products and using them ourselves, demoing them in our own offices. <clears throat> Right. So we're not just design, we're not just deployment. Um, and a lot of other companies are doing just one or the other, you know, or they're, if they're doing design, it's for their own documentation purposes. So they're essentially almost giving away what we're doing, but in the back end where we're saying, let's take that part, the documentation, bring it out front and get paid to do it, get paid for our knowledge rather than just do it as a part of our process. Right. And, so, and is this how you, is this, you know, how you founded uh, the company or did you change your approach over time? It changed over time. So my partner's company, he bought from his father. So that company is almost 50 years old. They brought the first Commodore computers into Canada. And it eventually evolved into what it is today, which is like a kind of a higher end uh, commercial integrator. Um, And probably uh, just over two years ago, we were talking about how do we kind of restructure the business? We're giving away a lot of proprietary knowledge or you know, we we're, we're we hold all this knowledge, but we're wasting it on clients that are kind of tire kicking, you know, that are that are just looking to get pricing. So this has allowed us to not only get paid for our knowledge of, of the products and the installs and the overall systems, but also allows us to vet clients that aren't really interested in making a good purchase, you know, maybe aren't a good fit for us, where they'll come in and we'll say, okay, you know, we do design first. Here's our design fee based on how many rooms you want. It's, you know, initial consulting fee and then a fee for every type of room to design it. Um, and if they say, no, we don't want to pay for any consulting services, and we say, okay, then sorry, like, you know, this is we stick to our process. Here's a couple other integrators you might want to talk to. Huh. So it's actually kind of cut yeah. down admin time for our salespeople a lot. Right, right. How would um, other integrators, you know, start to develop this kind of strategy? I think if they already have a, a good reputation for their installs, um, then and, and especially having return clients, it's kind of about soft introducing your clients into this new process. And then obviously uh, also really um, nurturing the development of, of designers in your company. If you don't already have de- dedicated designers, is finding maybe some really technical, technically savvy people on your install team and that also right on a computer and say, how do you want, you know, you want to transfer your installation knowledge over to system design. I think what part of what makes me a good designer is I'm a uh, pessimistic optimist. I, I spend my time thinking about what's going to go wrong so I can plan for it. And that's right. always helped me on my installs and it helps me with a big time on the designs. So kind of nurturing those type of skills in people. But as your re- clients come back for new projects saying, you know, this is a new process we're using, but it really helps us manage the risk uh, of overspending for you, um, it manages your expectations, uh, allows you to go and get competitive bidding, and it also manages risk on our side for mm. – someone says – a lot of people just say or clients say, we want video conferencing. 
you know, we use Microsoft Teams, we want video conferencing. Give us a quote. They don't realize, you know, that acoustics are a factor, that the room lighting is a factor, that, you know, camera positioning in relation to your windows, all the stuff needs to be assessed. And a lot of the time it's tempting to just take those contracts and say, yeah, here you go. I'll sell you a, uh, you know, a, uh, a Crestron setup with a, a sound bar or a Crestron Mercury with an IQ camera. And, and then, you know, down the line, they're not happy with it. It's not performing well with the acoustics of our room or, you know, whatever different factors are coming up. So it's kind of making them aware of those problems that, that they've had in the past and then coaching them into saying, you know, we'll, we'll pay, pay for this up front. You're going to get value out of it. Um, another sales tactic I use on it is, you know, we were originally charging them for this time anyways for our own design and documentation purposes. Right. All we're really doing is taking that cost from where it was in the back end of that, and we're just moving it out front. All we're doing is changing where the spending is, not the amount of spending, and then giving them a more competitive advantage when they want to take it out and bid it to multiple vendors. Yeah, so you know, what's the feedback from your, from your customers? And, um, you know, how, how have you seen that feedback uh, change as, as you develop this process? Yeah, so it, it definitely varies between the types of clients. So the ones that are direct to client, you know, they, they see the value in it. They're happy with it. So they give us a positive review, but the more I think the the more in depth reviews and and more reflective ones are from our design partners, like the architectural firms that we sub consult under. Uh, for them, it, it's ultimately about how happy their client is at the end of the day, because um, outside of people in in the AV business, people don't know a lot about AV, right? It's kind of a, a witchcraft or yeah. black magic to them where. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, I, I had a customer recently come to me and say, we have five boardrooms. We want them fully outfitted, executive experience. And so we gave them a design fee proposal, said, here's their design fee. And on top of that, we say a room like what you've asked typically costs this much. And they came back and just said, wow, we weren't prepared. We were looking to spend five to $10,000 total project. They were thinking, you know, $1,000 to $2,000 per room, not thirty dollars to $50,000 per room. Uh, sorry to come back to the... The architects is, is it, the architectural firms and construction management firms are just really happy to have someone actually set those ex- expectations out front rather than them get mm-hmm. to the bidding phase or even, you know, uh, architectural or con- construction management company saying, oh, typically, you know, it's a couple TVs, we say $5,000 type thing, you know, right. a couple TVs, put a microphone on the table, how expensive can it be? Not realizing that's a $50,000 room, right? Yeah. So it's are maybe not the end users, but the, the firms really love the we get with the client on it. And like I said earlier, it's a, a stakeholder engagement process. We're not just speaking with a couple IT people or an administrative person, although they're part of that process. It's more about getting executive sponsorship on the designs. So we're doing three kind of rapid succession calls within five to seven business days doing uh, video meetings and going through different levels of like concept and detailed designs. And at every meeting we're getting that executive sponsorship to say, yep, I'm happy with this. This fits in our budget. Let's go to the next stage. Instead of saying, okay, I have to take this to my boss. And then we wait a week to hear back. Right. Uh, right. Direct with that person. We won't engage without that, without an executive sponsor. That's interesting. So uh, at what point do you talk to the IT people? Uh, we do like to involve them in that stakeholder engagement process. They're just not the key people in that process. Right. Right. They're so, not the ones signing off on the project. No, no. Right. Um, it's usually like either would be, you know, like a, a COO or a CEO or um, a CTO, something like that. Are right. they, anyone who's who can 
make a call on a budget sign-off. But we do like to involve the IT in that consultation process so that they can understand and we can understand if they have any limitations, especially when it comes to government work. But there's also, you know, certain standards. I work with different companies doing camera designs. They have certain standards for what the switch gear can be and if we can even integrate with their network, which we typically don't in the designs. But uh, So do you do all your work in uh, Canada or in the U.S.? Uh, in the U.S.? We have a couple of international clients. Um, one of them is uh, C-SPAN. Um, they're shipping oh. companies. Not not the right. not news network, but a, uh, they're an oh. international shipping company. Right. They actually have some of the biggest ships in the world. Uh, their barges, and we just did a uh, design and order for them for their two executive offices in Vancouver and Hong Kong. Okay. And then working with Bentall and Turner Construction, they they have buildings all over North America. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, there's really no limit. Like you know, the the meetings we have with the Hong Kong office, I'm on every Thursday at 8.30 at night just to match up with their time in the Vancouver's oh, end of wow. – it's the end of Vancouver's work day. It's the end of my full day, and it's the beginning yeah. of Long's work day. So it's kind of our crossover point to do our weekly checkup on project management and things like that. Right, right. Awesome. Um, you definitely want to, I think, start a subsidiary brand to get into this just to have some separation with your client. So even though Forte, our design business, is owned by – Conti, my partner's business, and DMI, my business, um, we still have some separation there with our clients where we can advertise it differently, Right. Um, even though we're, tip, we're basically the same staff. But then we're also very open with them. So we brand it separately, but also say, just so you know, right in the front end, we do own the integration companies. Hey, Travis, uh, thanks very much, man. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks a lot, Zach.